thought I was your only vato. <laughs> good day or good evening or good night or whatever the time it is. This is Alan in alignment once again. Now what I just did, I don't do anything pure, I don't think. All of my stuff is some kind of a hybrid. That's when I call it alligator style. That's the alligator style Tex-Mex music. Now, this show here today I was going to do on a Mexican-American uh, icon that we all know, Richie Valens. Um, Richie has, they put out a the U.S. postage stamps of 50s icons, and of course, Richie is on one of the stamps. I did a, went to see Mario and the uh, Backyard Blues Band in San Juan Batista a week ago. Mario is uh, Richie's little brother, and he runs this incredible band called the uh, Backyard Blues Band, been running it for many years, since when I first came in Monterey, I think they were running. Um, and uh, it's this incredible blues band, the, the Backyard Boogie style. Um, but uh, they're busy at this point. And when I got to thinking about Richie and his uh, standing in the Mexican-American community as someone who really uh, broke down barriers, I thought of another uh, person I knew who was a personal friend of mine who should share with Richie the same thing about breaking down barriers. Because about the same time as Richie had his, his hit uh, in, in uh, around the same time, a gentleman who we know as Freddie Fender was a uh, hit. He was called the L. B. Bop Kid at, at that time. And he had a number one Latin hit uh, uh, in Latin America, number one hit, doing covers of 50s rock and roll. Fats Diamond, a lot of Elvis stuff. Um, anyway, Freddie Fender. I did an interview with Freddie. Uh, I think I've got the magazine here. I think, uh, when did I do that? 19, no. Okay, yeah. When I ran my Gator News, I did an interview with Freddie Fender in 1997. Um, but let me do a little thing for you here. Let's see what we can do with this. I'm running this thing myself today. Freddy 
pretty. Was so proud of his Mexican roots that he insisted on singing his songs in Spanish as well as English. Freddy Finn. Yeah, Freddy, like I said, he had a hits back in the late 50s in Mexico and in Latin America. Number one hit in Latin America. And his break started to become in 1960. He penned a song himself. Probably, I think, the only song he wrote. Called, he called it Lonesome Days and Lonesome Nights, but we know it as Wasted Days and Wasted Nights. And it became a local hit uh, in, in Texas and Mexico in 1960. So just as he was about to take off, he was traveling through Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, Freddie's roots were out of the Mexican-American community, but a lot of his roots were from out of the Creole Cajun community. He, he spoke about that often. Um, and the thing about Freddie is he was traveling through Louisiana, Baton Rouge, and he got stopped, and he had two joints of marijuana on him. And this was a, at a time when two, two joints of marijuana got you in big trouble. Freddie ended up doing three years in Angola prison. Uh, I know about Angola, and let me tell you something, that's not a place anybody wants to go to. It's still considered one of the worst prisons in, in America. But anyway, when Freddie finally got out, he went back to uh, doing his regular jobs around the New Orleans area in Louisiana. And in 1969, he returned to San Benito. And uh, around 74, his break came. He, he returned to San Benito. And you gotta realize that Freddie grew up really poor too. Um, at 10 years old, he started singing at the uh, radio station in Texas. And he traveled with his parents as migrant farm workers when he was 12 years old. He picked, uh, uh, picked tomatoes and Beets, I think it was, in Michigan, and tomatoes in Arkansas. Um, but anyway, in 1970 was when, 75 was when Freddie really got his break. When this song he recorded called The Next Teardrop Falls became a number one country hit. And he was, I've got a lot of information on him in the, in the Gator News. I can't believe how long this interview was that I did with him. It was actually eight pages long. Um, and some of the awards that Freddie Fender has is just amazing. I'm gonna rattle off just a few. He has a street in San Benito where he was born called Freddie Fender Lane. He's on the European Walk of Fame in Rotterdam, Holland, the Tijano Music Hall of Fame. In fact, Freddie, is considered the father of Tijano music. He has Grammy Awards with the Texas Tornadoes in 1990. 
country music most promising male vocalist in 1975, Country Music Association Singer of the Year in 1975, uh, Artist of the Year Singer, Multiple Platinum Sales. Um, my goodness, he's, he was nominated for Grammys for three of his songs, included Wasted Days, Wasted Night, and Before the Next Teardrop Falls. Freddie, uh, I, I mean, I, just just the the accolades that he has is enough to fill up a book. You know, we're gonna do one more little Freddie Fender thing, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna get off on something else. I I uh, here's the song that Freddie is probably most known for. Let's see if we can get this to work. Wasted days and wasted nights. Now, whoever heard I that? I left for you because For you don't belong to me Your heart belongs To someone else why should I keep loving you? When Freddie was on the David Letterman show. When I know David Letterman introduced him as the man who has the greatest tenor voice in all of America. When you're for making me I have many, many Freddie Fitness stories. was a member of two supergroups, the Lost Seven, uh, I forget the name of those, but anyway, the most popular one was one called the Texas Tornadoes. If anybody remembers Doug Sham from the Sir Douglas Clintet um, and Flaco Jimenez. And in fact, one of the uh, things about Freddie and Doug when they got ready to form the Texas Tornadoes, Freddie was busy with his own career. So he told Doug, Doug he says, you, you handle the business of this thing because I'm too busy with my own career and I'll be a part of the, the band. Because Freddie was actually the engine for that band. He was the big name of the Texas Tornadoes. And he wanted uh, this mutual friend of ours, Kato, Kato Rangel, who lived in Salinas. Kato passed away also. He was a good friend of mine. Gil Rubio introduced me to Kato. Um, he wanted him to be a part of the Texas Tornadoes, but Doug went over his head and got Flaco Jimenez, local uh, uh, legendary squeeze box player, Tex-Mex. And as good as Flaco is and was, I don't know if Flaco's still around, uh, Kato could literally play rings around Flacco, and uh, Freddie was very upset that uh, that Doug, knowing that he wanted Kato in the band, ended up putting Flacco in. 
And I don't think they ever got over that. That, that was a, a something between them up until the very end. But anyway, let's do a little bit of the Texas tornadoes here. And then I can get into... Uh, you got to excuse me. I'm not used to doing stuff off my phone. Okay. Here we go. Let's see if we can do the Texas tornadoes. On his, on his birthday. Um, the next show's coming up. I'm, I'm going to do a show with Richie Valens, uh, little brother Mario. We're going to talk about Richie's uh, stamp. You guys should get those 50s icon stamps and just as a collection, uh, believe me. Um, and we're going to talk about Richie's influences uh, and his the reason that his music will live on forever and ever. And we'll also talk about Mario. <laughs> you got to catch the Black Backyard Blues Band. If you like blues, boogie, um, whatever it is, they got it going on in, in their own style. That That's what I, I like about them. They got their own style. Okay. Um, another thing we're going to be tackling here, I'm going to get on it a, l a little bit is um, the evangelical churches. Uh, I think it was, I forget the gentleman's name who uh, did an expose of Andy Stanley, I think his name is. I guess I left the paper someplace else. Um, we're just talking about all of the all of the uh, you know religion is a really good thing but religion should I don't know I don't want to get into all that um, anyway this this gentleman Andy Stanley I find out from my brother today I just talked with him my brother's been a priest for over 45 years and he said he knows his his dad Andy Stanley I never heard of Andy Stanley um, but anyway he wrote a book lately that's causing him a lot of problems because the uh, the church the let's let's put get this straight this is not all evangelicals okay not even 
by a long shot. But some of the uh, some of the higher ups. The, anyway, he said that uh, one of the things that happened was during the pandemic. He decided to close down the church to help protect his con his con congregation from the pandemic. And a lot of the uh, people high up in the church actually called him a woke left-wing Marcus because of doing that. Which is sort of a, okay, maybe I can understand it if, if, if you think that wearing a mask has something to do with a Marcus theology. And when he talked, and during the George Floyd demonstrations, he says, you know, he's a Christian. And he talked about the fact that we need to confront racism. And he said anybody who saw what was going on, if they are Christian, they, they should understand that. Um, and one of the pastors, which we're not going to name, of course, came to him and called because he said he wanted to confront racism which we know it is a part of, of, of it's built in, in into the system, okay? They got a word for it, systemic racism, I can't even say it. <laughs> but anyway, when he said that, one of the uh, well-known pastors came to him because he said that and called him a false prophet from Satan's hell uh, for trying to, for saying we should confront a problem that's an obvious problem in America is it the it was a problem since the founding of this country I don't I don't I'm not I'm a little little uh, um, I don't understand this type of thing because you, you know what I'm not gonna get into all this but I saw a bumper sticker one day about 20 years ago bumper stickers who pays attention to, to them I mean I, I don't but I saw a bumper sticker which sort of sent my life on a whole different path. It simply said, what would Jesus do? Now, I don't know if you can, you can get into to just simple thing, but it was like, wow, you know, if a lot of, if a lot of Christian people who I see as hypocrites would uh, look at that bumper sticker and think that before they, they, they do this or that, uh, it, wow, that, that's a heavy thing. And it actually changed me because I use it a lot of times in my life now, you know, when I get written, if I see a situation with somebody, you know, it, it's sort of uh, give you an alignment, some, some, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Anyway, maybe you don't. But anyway, um, so we're going to get into that. And there's a, I want to make some, when I looked at my last show, one of the things that I really laughed about, because I have jokes about old people who exaggerate sometimes. Uh, the old man who asked his daughter to make some gravy and she says, well, I can't, Grandpa, because there's no, uh, I don't have, we ran out of flour. And he jumps up and said, flour, flour, we don't need flour. In the old days, Grandma used to go out and see that tree. She'd go out and pick a leaf off that tree, come back in and make gravy. Now we know that's that exaggeration. I walked 10 miles to school every day and 20 miles back, okay. But I said something about uh, bringing rabbits and certain small game home with, with the bow and arrow, I, I, I used to do that. But I said five years old, and that's ridiculous. It was more like eight, <laughs> okay. Um, I, I wasn't doing it at five. And the, the gun thing, 
like I say, my feet, my I'm on both sides of, of, of the thing. I want to never, never mess with the Second Amendment, but I also realize that I have that we have to do something about uh, the background checks, the, the the red flag laws, or something to keep these guns out of people's hands who shouldn't have them. Anyway. I'm not going to get too much into anything else right now before I get off on some tantrums. I'm going to end this particular show. Remember, oh yes, don't forget this. This Sunday, the 5th, I'm going to be in Bolinas, California. If any of you have been to my Alligator and Rhythm Outlaws Facebook page, you have found that out. I'm going to be at Smiley's and Bolinas from 3 to 6. Me and one of the members of my uh, Rhythm Outlaws band, Tony Delavalle, who lives in Bolinas, is going to be joining me on sax. And we're going to do a three-hour show from 3 to 6 at Smiley Saloon, the old historic saloon in Bolinas. Also remember that every second Saturday of the month, I'm in Monterey at Bonton Elroy's Lighthouse Smokehouse on Lighthouse Avenue. I'm there every second Saturday of the month. Been there for years. Um, and I always uh, uh, tall the Tall Man Hotel in Upper Lake, California, the Blue Ring Saloon, which is a part of it, is a place that I always say, if you're in that area, please go check it out. You might catch me there when I'm there sometime. Okay? Um, and I want you guys, once again, before I leave, to remember that I want you all to try, try to contact your people and tell them this one thing, vote. Vote in the upcoming uh, midterm elections and just vote, period. Now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna end this thing, like I said, Mr. Freddie Fender, my good friend who, as I always say, there would never be another one like Freddie. I hope you've enjoyed this. It's been a little long-winded, I guess, but that's okay. Let me. Okay. Let's get this going. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go.
bless each and every one of you. Keep you happy, keep you smiling. My name is Alligator. They call me the crazy cowboy. I have no idea why. Smilers. Come down. That's uh, tomorrow, actually. <laughs> Uh...